Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Active Popular Podcast. I'm Thomas Lee, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jay Palmballa and Jack Powell. And today we will be talking about Matt Hancock, his uh, extramarital affair with Gina Cola D'Angelo, and his his past. All right, maybe so even his future. Oh. oh yeah, about his future. That's a good. That's a good idea. Like. So what happens for Matt Hancock next after this whole um, problem? Because clearly, like, uh, the MP currently is acting as if he's made him... Uh, for, we'll use, I think the term forcefully resigned is probably the best way to look at this. Because yeah. you can't exactly say he was fired because um, Boris was quite... Um, uh, he like he kind of moved around that issue a lot. In tr- and um, obviously Matt Hancock himself said he resigned. I think, I think made to resign may be the best way to look at this right now of, of all the different um, interpretations of what's happened here. I don't really see much of a future for Matt Hancock, at least for so many years in terms of like, he's probably, I, I, I feel like he's been, you know, sent to the backbenches for uh, as long as his career is going to last at this point. What do, you, th- what do you think? Jack? I think he is going to become a private consultant for a banking firm considering he used to work in the Bank of England. He's right. probably going to go into a banking firm or a private firm uh, and be a private consultant. He, he has the, uh, the, uh, the network to uh, pull a few strings, so to speak. Uh, so I think he would be a useful asset uh, for some firms. Talking about his history in the Bank of England, it was a, uh, a very... Uh, Spicy. So he became uh, a specialist in the housing market about one to about three years before the collapse of the uh, the housing market. <laughs> so make yeah, that's that's very suspicious, yeah. isn't it? Very suspicious. And yeah, um, whilst we're here, shall we um, talk about? about we'll speculate. I mean, he is um, Matthew John David Hancock was born in nineteen seventy eight. Um, I feel like I'm doing some kind of presentation. <laughs> <laughs> but he was born relatively close to where we are. He was born in Chester, um, and then he went to he went to King's King School, um, a yeah. school that I, I I very nearly went to actually. Um, and and my um, and my my my, uh, my 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 auntie uh, her because it's Kings and Queens, and yeah. my mum went my mum went to Queens actually, and then my auntie went to. Uh, Queens as well, and then Kings. Anyway, so, so kind of, and then her brother went to Kings. So maybe in the same school, even. Uh, then he went to Oxford, like any good Tory minister, PPE. Um, and then, then he did. I was very surprised that he did an MPhil in economics at Christ, uh, Christ College, Cambridge, a few years later, he's, which he's is a degree in economics, based and masters well. from Cambridge as well. Not any. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm impressed. And, and then, then he, uh, and then he went to go and work for um, the the Bank of England, as Jack say, uh, three years before the housing market crashed. Um, special, and he was specialising in the housing market by uh, in the Bank of England, which is one of the major banks responsible for the housing crash. Well, so, it is the uh, does. the National Bank of Britain. So it's it's like banks go to the uh, the Bank of England for loans. So yeah, yeah. It's the National Bank of England is all not proper. Yeah. So the, the juicy bits, the affair. Uh, who wants to um? Who wants to lay out the uh, a quick? Uh... Yeah. Um. Well, this is this is a really exciting. I say exciting. It's always nice to have. Uh. I think the last, the last most notable one. I think it was a kind of the, the, the Jeremy Thorpe scandal. I say the yeah. last, but that, that's kind of a really, really, really famous one, where we have a, a minister 
uh, who has who has it who's accused of having a gay affair and does have a gay affair. Um, and this is the kind of the seventies of the Jeremy Jeremy Thorpe affair. Um, so yeah, I think it always adds a bit of intrigue and a bit of kind of sexual tension having having a uh, having an affair in 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 the world of politics. And yeah. this one has been. Um, clear because we've got we're in this kind of the day days now of, of, of computers everywhere. cameras everywhere and we, we see this very graphic video that i'm sure everyone's seen of um of interactions not not, not as deep as the newspapers would, would like go on happen oh, yeah. but they, they seem to be uh, in in close embrace shall in we say I, I think my is well. Well, that was the that was the main yeah. point, and that was the in his little video that he did that reminded me a lot of. I don't know if any of you seen Little Britain, and they do that sketch of the politician resigning. Um, no, you're all you're all comic novices, but in, in that one, I'm in the field of Little Britain, I will admit, it's a very good sketch show. Um, aside from what's been happening recently, um, but it reminded me a lot of that sketch when the politician resigned. Um, and there are lots of memes, made. there's an enormous amount of memes made out of it. And it, I, I presume we'll have a discussion later about kind of satire. Actually, why do we have a discussion now about satire and politics? Because we and, have about what, what 14 play. minutes left. Eight, just a minute, we can have a little chat. Oh, okay. We can have a little chat about satire. Right. Let's go to the satire corner and let's just have a little listen. Let's have a talk about satire. So satire and politics. Oh, Does we need us a kind of jingle. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll throw one in. Jay, you can throw one in. That's your job now. Um so when it comes to satire and politics, the thing the, the, the thing is, does it undermine politicians? Does it like air things that shouldn't be out in the open? Because that's a thing I hear a lot about the matter. That was his first defense. This is a private matter. That's what Boris Johnson said too. This is a private matter that shouldn't be out to the public. And now it gets satirized by the public. It gets thrown around like wildfire. And before you know it, everyone knows about this affair. And the question is, does this undermine people's ability to trust the institutions that are supposed to put their faith into? Would be, what do you guys think? Well, there's a reason why they lose their trust because politics is yeah. a very like a personal job. These guys personally hold responsibility for everybody's lives. Yeah, and, they're, they're a servant. And, they're servants to the public, aren't and, they? And the voters want to know about their character so they know how they will react. Say if man, say if Matt Hancock is having an extramarital affair, that might be con- conducive that he isn't the most uh, loyal person, which of course isn't a. Uh, a virtue design characteristic you, yeah you really want to have for someone who's controlling multiple million pound contracts for the nhs yeah, yeah. as we'll discuss later his other offenses which are probably more egregious than just having an extramarital affair yeah definitely yeah, yeah i think it's always it's always interesting that, that the, the the role of uh, the public play and i think his reputation beforehand. I'm going to draw parallels here between it to, 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 to the uh, Jeremy Thorpe scandal, um, which is an extraordinary, extraordinarily interesting and comical, uh, kind of involving the shooting of a dog, the planning of to get a a guy um, eaten alive by a crocodile in Florida, um, and this is this is all from a, a, a politician, a, a minister who who whose who's, um, constituency was chipping Norton in Oxfordshire. It's an extraordinary. Yeah. There was an amazing uh, TV dramatization of it a couple of years ago with. Um, Oh, oh, Love Actually guy, what's his name? Oh, um, no, is it? Is it Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant, yeah. Hugh, Hugh Grant was Jeremy Thorpe and they had the uh, the guy who's, you know, who's um, Q now in James Bond, the young guy. I knew about Q. his name. And he, okay. he, he, was, he was the, he was, the, he was, he was uh, Jeremy Thorpe's gay lover. Um, anyway, sorry. It, 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 well, the thing is with that, 
was that people who are in Jeremy Thorpe's constituency are chipping Norton, even though all of this came out and all this intrigue and all of this, uh, Jeremy Thorpe planned to kind of like assassinate the guy um, and, and, and throw him into crocodiles and stuff like this. This actually oh. happened. Um, but his his constituency was still really supportive of him. They, they think, oh, none of this could happen. They still believed in him. So yeah. it's interesting to see what the reputation of Matt Hancock played in this. I wonder if he if he handled the coronavirus uh, situation well beforehand, will there be such of a kind of yeah, outrage? And also, also just about um, satire, um, I think your point was really good as well, Tom, about does it undermine politicians, but also does it undermine like people's chance to educate in politics? Like if that's all they see is spitting image or memes, it doesn't yeah. give them a full picture and an accurate picture of what actually happens in politics. Or do they just say, oh, uh, that's funny, this guy cheated? Yeah, definitely. Because that's actually um, an issue that I've seen. Not to get a bit, cons- well, actually to get a bit conspiratorial for a second. Uh, there's been a, there's been some talk. Where some, what, um, uh, allegedly, some people believe that this affair might have been drummed up on purpose in order to hide his much more egregious crimes. Because now people it makes think sense. They think the affair guy, and not you know the guy who might have caught like cost the lives of like tragically, you know, like, like billions of dollars, pounds. Yeah, yeah, and, like, people's lives. It's like Christ. He could have just done this. And but obviously now people think he's the affair guy and they ignore the rest of it. Or at least allegedly that's what um, some people would uh, like to believe this affair kind of works as a smokescreen. It makes you feel that in the Jeremy Thorpe situation, it makes you feel like um, our politicians actually seem a bit tame in comparison to whatever the hell was going on there. Yeah, if you ask definitely. me. Uh, Jack, do you, want, do you want to discuss the previous crimes? Like you've got... You, yeah, you so, so previous crimes, that was the, uh, the green silk the green sill scandal, where uh, mm-hmm. lobbied by the pre- by the previous prime minister David Cameron for Lex Greensill, uh, Matt Hancock introduced a uh, a payment scheme that was later rolled out through the NHS. Matt Hancock was also the uh, champion against corruption, I think, in a uh, Mrs May's cabinet, which is uh, a yeah. very interesting. He also gave contracts to his sister, uh, which he. Uh, to his sister's company, which he owns a 20% share in. And he also gave contracts to his old landlord, which is uh, very nice and uh, something a... Uh, a poly- yeah, you know. What very, a completely uncorrupt guy. Fairly earned yeah. contracts, you know. These, these are clearly very fairly earned, definitely based on the skills of the company and not the fact that they know Matt Hancock himself. Yeah, so, definitely not, definitely not. It could be argued these are millions of pounds misspent, wasted, inefficiently. And it could also be argued that the Conservative Party, the hallmark of the uh, the free market capitalists, you know, uh, low corporation tax, this is the opposite of free market. Mm-hmm. Incentivizing firms isn't or giving firms to people you know not based on how good they could do it, is not something any party should do. So that is obviously really bad. You know, he also is a fairly uh, a a fairly spineless guy. Not to like get personal here, but he seems to flip flop between ideologies. For example, he voted against Brexit, but then hopped on Boris's. Boris Johnson's nationalistic zeal when he realised he could probably get a really high position. I think he, yeah, right. he in the way he postured himself, set himself up for a fall 
being that he had no good like personality to fall upon. Like, you know, Jeremy Thorpe, his constituents believed he wouldn't do that because he had a good reputation. Matt Hancock was known as the uh the the timid person who was very corrupt. So Yeah. Matt Hancock hasn't had like a good run of it. None of the Conservative Party politicians covering the current coronavirus pandemic have really had a good time trying to like uh bring like curtail this. On the other hand, Sajid Javid might have an amazing time uh, bringing something that's already in the closing phases to a close in what appears to be a swift and efficient manner. As far as he's concerned, this could actually be really good for him in his career. Um, Matt Hancock appears to be um, left as a backbencher. Back that might just be like his life <laughs> from here on out. And, you know, what a more fitting uh, end for someone. I, don't think, I, don't, I think it's going to be a very glorious on the contrary, Tom. I think it's going to be, as Jack said, involved in lobbying and kind of making an enormous amount of money like like Gina Colodangelo does by the sounds of it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. PP, I mean, shall we talk a bit about his um extramarital affair and the the involvement her, her involvement in that? So they both yeah, went to yeah. Oxford. Actually they both went to Oxford three PPE. Um and then she she she's involved from what I from what I can read, is involved in a lot of um she's partnering a lot of firms and she's kind right. of investing in a lot of firms. Um, and then she, she was she was employed as a unpaid, suspicious advisor to the Secretary of Health. Yeah, and there's loads of these comments uh, saying that they came like she knew more than him and all of this kind of conspiracy. I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting, nonetheless. It is, and it, is. And, and it makes you think. Um, I think that they they're probably going to be making a lot of money, um, and not ha- not having a particularly miserable life, unlike. I can Martha, hope. Martha Han- Hancock and the three yeah. kids who uh, he is leaving behind. And you can say what you want, but that's rather bad. Um, yeah. Bad and disloyal. It's <laughs> a better way to um, get out of a relationship that you personally don't believe in than having an affair on the side. It's yeah. definitely um, a, a more um, courteous uh, way to end things than uh, what he's done here. Sure. And I think. And the chair on the top is obviously he's broke his own rules in terms of like uh, in terms of the coronavirus rules that he himself had obviously put in place, and this breaks people's faith in him probably a lot more than the satirists ever could because he's given them this story on a silver platter and done the worst for himself. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if this because the satirists, as you say, brought attention to the um, brought attention to this, but they didn't bring attention to the amount of lives he cost through his through his yeah. frankly negligent. Uh, PPE contracts and through his kind of negligent uh, uh, PP to the NHS uh, through all of the, all of these things that we see. Um, what why, why weren't people questioning his integrity beforehand? And uh, why does it take this to do that? It feels like if, you know the newspaper can't make a really nice headline out of the. Um, yeah, I think it speaks volumes, doesn't it, for, for kind of the, the role of media and politics, journalistic mm-hmm. integrity as a whole. I mean, we've. Uh... Done a, a a half decent job at showing the bad sides of Matt Hancock, but I think we should uh, give him the credit he deserves. In, yeah, yeah. In how he's handled the um, the situation of COVID nineteen, relatively okay compared to a few other countries. So it's estimated that yeah, the. The, uh, it wasn't him though. That was the scientists. He didn't well, do well, watch up off. He, <laughs> like he, do their thing. I think we need we need to be very danger about about praising him. Yeah, I think that the, the, but, the, you know the, the, we should the, show, an element. We should show 
the good stuff he's done along with showing the bad stuff he's done. I think so, it's very, very, very hard to do that. The amount of money he's wasted he, on PPE, the amount of debts, excess debts he's caught in the NHS. Well, I Jay, really don't think there's space for much praise at all. The thing is, well, Jay, if we're going to try it's to estimated, be... It is estimated that the vaccination programme, of which we were leading in the uh, early stages, especially for for a big country, there were these, there were these outliers like Israel and uh, Qatar, probably a very small population, perhaps even a yeah. unaccounted for population in some cases that are really rich and kind of abnormal. But for a big country, we were ahead of the peloton, to use uh, cycling terms. It is estimated that the uh, the uh, the vaccination program has prevented 7.2 million infections and 27,000 deaths in England. The source of that is the, uh, the BBC, funded by you, the taxpayer. Uh, so that is certainly something good Matt Hancock's done. Being the Secretary of Health for National Health, we cannot say, oh, that was just for scientists. Because if... Um, he has some input, clearly. Yeah. Because if I was in charge and I just went to bed for a year, I wouldn't have done that. Matt Hancock has done something, and he has done something relatively good. Um, okay, I will contest that with saying the 37 billion wasted on track and trace, the 300... 300- NHS staff who were normal or ordinary age people died of coronavirus. I think these come in, in, in leaps and bounds. I would say Matt Hancock is probably the worst um, health secretary uh, that this, this country's ever had. And then second is that is, is Jeremy Hunt, who near enough sold the NHS. Um, I guess I guess the point of being kind of non-partisanity we need to aim for, but we also need to be very careful about praising people who've done yeah. a negligent yeah. job in government. Although there's a difference between praising and outlining both the uh, negatives and positives of someone's career. Because what you can obviously say, and I 100% agree, what he's done like poorly here outweighs what he's done well. You still have to acknowledge those... Um, uh, glimmers of hope in between the rest of his um, abysmal career, at least abysmal as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, should we wrap it up? Are we, are we, is that everything with a Cundin Matt Hancock? Uh, yeah. uh, is that everything? I think we, we are going to have to wrap it up soon because of our rather short time slot. It has been a pleasure and I hope that uh, you think the same. So to conclude, Matt Hancock is a bad guy, but not too bad. If you're not Jay Palambella, at which he is literally the devil. <laughs> okay, that might be overselling it, but um, it's it's a, it's been a, it's a good episode of the Active Popular Podcast. I hope you guys would join us um, next week. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>